Welcome to Pet Will Radio, a unique show about amazing animals and inspirational people. With your host, author, animal advocate, and attorney, Peggy Hoyt. Welcome to Pet Will. Hello, pet lovers. This is Peggy Hoyt. I'm your host for All My Children Wear Fur Coats, and you're listening to my Pet Will Radio. It's a pleasure to have you with us today, and this is a very special show because today I am broadcasting live from the Embassy Suites in Portland, Oregon, and we are talking to ladies who are here for the Women in the Pet Industry Conference. Now, this is the fifth year for the Women in the Pet Industry Conference. There's a lot of really amazing ladies here from all aspects of the pet industry. And since All My Children Wear Fur Coats talks about issues related to pets and pet owners, it is um, just so exciting to be here and to have the opportunity to be with all of these amazing women. So one of the things that's going on during this week is a um, competition called Woman of the Year for Women in the Pet Industry. And um, I want to tell you about who some of the finalists are for Women of the Year. There are five categories for Women of the Year. The first category is the advocate category. And in that category, we have Anne-Marie Hoff. And Anne-Marie is an animal communicator. We also have Barbara Zalowski of Lick Magazine. And I might just mention that Lick Magazine has featured all of the finalists in their magazine this month. We also have in the advocate category, Beth Miller of Wagtown. We also have Dorothy Will Rafferty of Five Sides. She does Siberian Husky Canine News and Reviews. And we also have Marcy Kosky of Feline Behavior Solutions. So that's the category for advocates. In the entrepreneur category, we have Ashley Caracia of Bark Fifth Avenue. We have Candace. Yagnolo from Pet Boss Nation. We have Deborah Turner of Federation of Insured Dog Owners. We have Jody Clock of Clock Timeless Pets. And we have our Blueprint from Robin Bro- Blueprint, Robin Brogdon of Blueprint Veterinary Marketing Group, Inc. And we're going to have with us here in a moment our special guest. We're going to have Barbara from Lick Magazine. And um, uh, in the rising star category, we have Amy Jarenka with Darwin's Natural Pet Products. We have Beth Stoltz of Pet Sitters International. We have Carrie Ann Feinberg of Safe Haven Advocate Pet Care and Photography. We have Rebecca Brief of Pet Hub. And we have Tracy Krulik of I Speak Dog. Now, in the uh, corporate category, we have Gila Kurtz of Dog is Good. We have Kate Jones of Platinum Pets. We have myself of Petwill or MyPetWill.com. We have Penny Johnson of Sturdy Products. And we have Stacey Purcell of The Vet Recruiter. Um, In the last category, we have solopreneurs. And for solopreneurs, 
We've got Amy Shojal of Amy Shojal Consulting. We have Becky Lubich of Dogbone Marketing Solutions. Kelly Eisen with Einstein Pets. Leanna Gottney of Country Critters Pet Sitters. And last but not least, we have Just for Fun, Mona Straub of Just for Fun. So those are all of our finalists that are competing in the Woman of the Year competition. And um, they will, this award will be awarded tomorrow night, um, Tuesday evening at our gala. And we're excited and proud of all of the ladies who are finalists in this fine organization. So um, I'm hoping to have the opportunity to talk to some of these ladies if they'll come by and say hello to me as we're doing this uh, broadcast today. And uh, there's just so many amazing ladies. I can't even begin to tell you um, how fun this is. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about the events that are going on here. But um, I have joining me here shortly, I have Jody Clock with Clock Timeless Pets, as well as Kathleen Cage. And she's one of our keynote speakers. So hello, Jody. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm living the dream. Excellent. And uh, Jody's been participating in the Achievers Group this morning, which is a special presentation um, being held here at Women in the Pet Industry. Tell us a little bit about how the Achievers is going, Jody. Well, I don't know. I took a secret pledge. I can't tell you anything about it. Oh, no. No, actually, uh, it was just a great, great session. We just took a short break with a lot of very successful ladies. And we are dissecting our businesses and having some very honest and open and sometimes tough conversations. Well, Jody, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're with uh, Clock Timeless Pets. I am. Clock Timeless Pets is a pet loss or pet cremation and funeral service. And uh, it started out as just trying to do the right thing, and somehow it turned into a business. And now I spend a lot of time advocating and teaching proper death care for pets at their end of life throughout the country and a little bit on the international side as well. Wow, and I know that's something that uh, people don't like to talk about is the loss or the death of a pet, but um, such an important thing to become educated about because if you're going to be a pet owner at some point, you're probably going to lose a pet. Well, you do, but the interesting thing about losing a pet, it also goes to the flip side because sometimes the pet loses their pet parent. And Clock Timeless Pets is the sister company of a human funeral home, Clock Funeral Home. And all too often, uh, when people come in and they die, uh, they'll say in the arrangement conference with their funeral director that they have a dog, whether it's a senior dog or a cat or a bird or could be a tribe for all I know, uh, that either we need to find a solution to them or they're going to have those pets euthanized take to a kill shelter, or even worse, sometimes those pets are just left in the home. And that has become one of my biggest passions or advocacies in responsible rehoming of pets or going back to your, you know, mypetwill.com or pet trust. You have to leave a plan. So not only do you need a plan for your end of life, but you need a plan for your pet's end of life and, you know, even rehoming their end of life. Absolutely. So thank you. And uh, Jody is one of our board of advisors at mypetwill.com. And she brings a lot of good expertise to um, 
helping people understand and have the difficult conversations related to losing their pets. I've also had the incredible opportunity to meet uh, Kathleen Cage, and Kathleen's going to be one of our keynote speakers, and she joined our group last night for a very fun uh, Break the Ice party where we did an earring exchange, and uh, I believe Jody and Kathleen have a little bit of a bet going on at the moment, and so that ought to be interesting. So um, welcome, Kathleen. Thanks. Uh, great to be here, and my heart is aching a little bit thinking about all the animals that I've lost. And one of the big issues that we've talked about in our family is the importance of having a trust for the animals, because if something were to happen to us, what's going to happen to the animals? And I'm not willing to do that. So I love what you ladies are doing. Uh, it's great to be here, and uh, I'm looking forward to winning those earrings, Jody. Yes, uh, <laughs> a little incentive there for Kathleen Absolutely. to do her best. So um, Kathleen, tell us why you're here. We know you're a keynote speaker, but what yeah. brings you to women in the pet industry? Well, you know, I can actually blame it all on my rescue dog, Delaney. Delaney was a uh, puppy mill dog, and she showed up at our door one day near dad. And I actually, um, we had some blood work done on her, found out she was actually relatively healthy. And we did the first surgery to remove her tumors because it's very common for uh, puppy mill dogs to have tumors on their what, what do they call that kind Sternum? of cancer? No, they, their mammary glands? Yeah, their mammary glands, yeah. yes. And she had so many tumors, they had to do two surgeries. The first one was a couple thousand dollars. And by the second one, I thought, I wonder if there's a way that my community would get involved in this. So I actually created an information product, sold it to my community, and said all the money will go for her surgeries. And people jumped on board, and that was actually how I got introduced to the pet space is people on my list were in the pet space and they said, Oh, you're into animals. And you know, it's so interesting because it was not by design that I started working and speaking in the pet space. It was actually as a result of doing something good for an animal. Isn't which, that interesting? Yeah, yeah. That's my whole message in life is like, just go out and do good. And uh, you're, you're going to have amazing experiences as a result of it. Well, and you and I were talking this morning at breakfast how animals uh, come into our life for specific reasons and that food. you... Lots food. Lots of food and clothes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Warm bed. <laughs> but that you've never actually gone out and looked for a pet. Your pets kind of find you. You know, when I was younger, I would go out and look for pets. As, as I've gotten older, I've gotten wiser. And I realized that the best thing that I personally can do, I don't pass judgment on anybody who goes to a breeder. I mean, that's their choice. But I do know that for me that my role is to actually provide homes for those animals that would be throwaways. Most of the animals we've gotten have been seniors, which has been real interesting because everybody wants the cute little puppy with the puppy breath. And I prefer to have a dog that, or a cat, or a chicken, or a goat, or a ferret. I mean, these are all the animals, or horses, that really need a home. And um, it's not, you know, because I want another pet. It's because this is going to be their forever home. And that's incredible. And you live here in Oregon. I do. I do. I, I live in a small farming community where we don't even have a stoplight. You know, when I tell people I'm from Oregon, they go, oh, how do you like Portland? It's like, well, it's nice to visit, but no, no offense to anybody in Portland. I have a lot of friends here, but I, I seriously enjoy rural. Yeah. And what's the message that you want to share with the ladies here at Women in the Pet mm. Industry? The, the big message is don't play small. Get out and do what you're here to do. And everybody here has such an important role in uh, the welfare of animals on all different levels. And you do not have a right to play small. You have to get out there and play big. 
because the animals depend on you. Wow. And you've written a book or I several. I, I actually brought you a copy. Nobody can see this, but uh, I brought you a copy because, you know, it's like I want to bribe you to give me a good position on this podcast show. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, and I was doing a little research. You uh, wrote a book that had a, uh incredible title that I liked, the, uh, um, the Law of Achievement. Yes. I thought yes. that was incredible. Thank you. Thank you. And, and that book came out of oh, actually uh, looking at all the uh, awards I've gotten in business and life had a, a set of circumstances that I, I was put in the middle of and I realized that, you know, the outward stuff is nice, but it's really not that important. It's really what's going on internally. Okay. And your new book is called Power Up for Profit. Yeah, that's, uh, and that's what it's all about. You know, when you, when you go out there and do what you're supposed to do, you should have profit so that you can do all the work you're there to do. Wow. So, and it's the Smart Woman's Guide to Online Marketing. It has been called the Bible of Online Marketing. I got that in a review, and I said, oh, I'm going to use that in my marketing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I have chills that you just said yeah, that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So we also have here with us Anne. Anne, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Okay. I'm Anne Greenberg from A Pet With Paws. And A Pet With Paws uh, manufactures eco-friendly but very chic fashionable and safe pet carries and accessories um, for pet parents and pets. Wow, eco-friendly. Tell us a little bit more about that. Okay, so all the fabric that I used that I used to make the carriers and accessories are all made from fabric made from recycled plastic bottles. Really? Yes, or vegan leather, which, which is also made from the recycled plastic bottle. Okay, so vegan leather is becoming very popular. Yes, it is. And actually, the quality of the vegan leather that I use, is it feels like regular leather. People cannot believe that it's not. Really? So how long have you been doing this, Anne? So I've been in the pet arena for just under two years. But before that, I was doing the same concept, only I was manufacturing handbags. Really? Yes. And um, actually how I got into the pet industry is my stepdaughter Karen has a cat named Madison. And Madison is a beautiful, um, I think they call it a Bauman cat. And um, she would carry Madison in a very unattractive carrier. And I felt Madison deserved to be seen and in a much more luxurious-looking carrier. So I modified my handbag and made them into pet carriers. Oh, my goodness. Yes, and what's interesting about, and so, of course, I named the first carrier. I named all my products after animals, but the first one, of course, my main carrier was named, it's called the Madison after Madison. Of course. Well, it, it couldn't be any other way, could it? No. Absolutely not. Well, I think it's interesting, and we heard Kathleen um, Cage say that she got into this because of her dog Delaney, and now we're hearing from Anne that she got into women in the pet industry through her daughter's cat, Madison. And um, tell us why you're here at uh, Women in the Pet Industry, Anne. Okay, so since I'm relatively new in the pet arena, I feel that it's important to be with like-minded people that are involved in the pet industry 
and who we can share ideas and concepts. And don't you feel that we get to do just that? Absolutely. Now, Absolutely. how many years have you been coming to this program? This is my second year. Okay. It's my second year as well. Oh. So I, I do remember meeting you last year when I was here. And um, so you said that you're not a finalist this year, but that you are going to um, try to become a finalist next year for Woman of the Year. Correct. Good. Right. Right. Because right. I feel, you know, it takes time to really, um, especially for me, because I, everything that I manufacture is made in China. Okay. So, um, and I felt that it's important to get the product made the way I'm, I feel proud that it's made. And I do now. And I also have invented, it's called the Pet Trek. It's a sport spinner wheel trolley in which the carrier, all my carriers, slide down the handle of this four spinner wheel trolley. So it makes it extreme, and it's patent pending. I don't know if I mentioned that. It's patent pending, and it makes it very easy and effortless to transport pets. Wow. So in your pet carriers, they go from just little dogs and cats or all the way up to no, big ones? No, it's, it's only for small dogs. Okay. Like 25 pounds. Okay. Okay. Max. So I won't be shoving my 85-pound lab husky into uh, one of the carriers. No, but you could actually. I also, um, I've like invigorated the um, waste bag category into a very fashionable category now. Okay. And so my poop bags and wristlets um, can be used for people, obviously, that have larger dogs. But they don't look like those plastic, well, plastic bags into your pocket. Okay. Or you don't have to use one of those. Again, I come from the fashion industry, so I'm, I'm, I do look at things with a slightly different eye. And what I consider those plastic bone carriers for the pet, for the pet poop bags is very unattractive. Okay. So... Anne is going to make sure that we all look good Correct. while we're hanging out with our pet. Absolutely. Because anything else would uh, not even be proper. Right. And you're also doing good for the environment because this is waste management. Absolutely. I, I talked to another young lady this morning. This is her first time here, and she's also interested in creating sustainable-type products. And uh, I think what you're doing, using things that are made out of plastic bags, which Every time you get one, you just you almost just cringe anymore thinking about that they're going to end up in the landfill. Right. Um, so I think we're all becoming a lot more eco-conscious. Actually, I was just awarded. I just got the award for the um, from the um, eco-conscious um, sustainability um, excellence award. Wow. In the category of waste management. Wow, that is really an honor. From my, from the design of my um, wristlet. Okay, so tell us what, what's a wristlet. Okay, so a wristlet is, um, it's like a very small purse, the way I've designed it. And there's um, a zipper compartment in which you can put your, which you put the, the poop in, and there's an opening in the back so you can pull them out. Right. Okay. Take it off. 
So yeah, see, we would look very fashionable right. with that. However, and then the front part is there's enough room to carry your six plus phone, smartphone, because that's what I use. Okay. And your credit card, money, keys, sunglasses, whatever. And you just close it up, put it on your wrist, and off you go for a walk. So I need one of these. Um, okay. Where can I get one? You can get one on the website, which is a petwithpaws.com. Okay, a pet with paws, and that's C A W S. Yes. Okay, a pet with paws.com. Now, where are you from? I'm from New York. All right, so that plays into the whole fashion industry thing. Yes, it does. It does. And if uh, if my listeners could see her, she's very fashionably dressed as well. Um, so, do you have any other pets, or is Madison um, still your inspiration? Madison is definitely my inspiration, except. Right now, I'm, I travel a bit, so I don't feel it's fair for me to have a small dog, but I want one so badly. Oh. Every time. I mean, because in New York, you know, you walk all over, sure. and I walk all over, and I see all of these wonderful dogs, and I keep saying, oh, I want one, I want one, and I have friends that have, like, I have a friend who has... Um, I have two friends, actually, and they each have a Maltese. One's name is Darian, and I, Darian, I now have a carrier called the Darian. Okay. And another one of my friends has also, she's a rescue Maltese, and his name is Bentley, and I just named my new training bag the Bentley after Bentley. Well, very nice. Well, I have a new rescue puppy named Darla. Maybe we can get you to create something called the Darla. Oh, okay, okay. So this is after the old Pinky uh, and our gang, you oh. know, remember Darla back in the day? Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. So that was uh, kind of fun. But I, I got an email just a little while ago, somebody looking for some foster homes for some Pomeranians. Maybe we could... Well, I can't believe it because... We could twist your arm. Oh, that's really interesting. Only because my other friend has two Pomeranians, one of which is Zuzu and my um, Prince Coco, my quilted printed wristlet is called the Zuzu after Zuzu. Okay. Pomeranian that I also love and adore. We all have to get on Anne's good side so that she can name one of her products after a pet. Um, So in talking with Kathleen um, Cage here recently, um, what are your uh, online marketing skills? Are you good at that? Uh, Not particularly. Okay. So you and I are both going to be listening uh, very carefully to what Kathleen has to tell us. Yes, definitely. And it changes so fast, the whole marketing industry. Yes, yes, it does. So um, second year at Women in the Pet Industry, Mm -hmm. did you get to go to the uh, jewelry party last night? I absolutely did. So the jewelry party is, I think, always a ton of fun. Mm -hmm. So um, share a little bit about that experience for you. Oh, I love it. I mean, um, I think it's, first of all, it's fun purchasing or looking to see if I have any earrings that I'd like to give away or buying earrings to put into the um, grab bag. And um, it's just fun to see what kind of things that you can find for yourself. 
Well, tell us a little bit about how this uh, jewelry party works, because uh, last year was the, my first year. I'd never seen it done before. Right, right, right. So um, what it is is there's a, um, there's a tray, and it has, you know, two dice in it, and it's based on 7-11 or double. And if you, when you throw the dice and you, if one of those three items comes up, those numbers, then you get to go and pick out um, a wrapped up gift. So each of us were asked to bring five pairs of earrings. Um, some of us have uh, migrated away from that a little bit, and some folks brought some bracelets or some necklaces, but five items of jewelry that you wrap, we put them in the center of the room, and then, as Ann said, we uh, go around the room with these pie trays and shaking our dice and trying to grab as many of those gifts as we possibly can, and um, and then you have an opportunity to steal from each other. Right. Did you do any stealing? Yes, I did, and I ended up with two wonderful pairs of earrings, one of which I plan on wearing tomorrow night. Oh, excellent. And uh, Barbara has just joined us, and Barbara is with Lick Magazine. Hi, Barbara. Hello. How are you this beautiful Portland morning? Yes. Foggy and all that stuff. <laughs> well, welcome. Um, I told the uh, listeners earlier in the broadcast about the uh, spread that you did in Lick Magazine about the finalists for oh, Woman of the Year. I did. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, um, I have been in publishing, advertising, and marketing for over 25 years. Uh, my claim to fame is that I worked with Andy Warhol for 10. Oh, wow. So that was my big deal. And um, I love fashion like every woman. But in 2008, everything got crazy in the world. Digital took over, as you all know. And the recession came around. And I really had to do some soul searching as to what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And it really wasn't so much with people, but with pets. Okay. And here I am with Lick because my attitude is, and I said this yesterday at our little get-together, um, you can get your lick on because you can either lick people down and lick animals down or you can live your life licking people, kissing them, uh, you know, a kiss of gratitude and love. Awesome. And when I came up with the name, it was supposed to be cutesy, but it just found a second meaning. Okay. Well, where do you live, Barbara? Um, I live in Los Angeles, California, and in New York City. Okay. And I uh, love both coasts. It's very, very hard. I wish they would cut the middle of the country down and put <laughs> the two favorite coasts together so I wouldn't have to take these long five-hour airplane rides. Sure. And did you and Ann know each other before? Actually, I did meet Ann through... When did I meet you, Ann? We met at SuperZoo <clears throat> three summers ago. All I know is I met Ann and fell in love with her. Okay. <laughs> Exactly how I don't think it was. I'm not sure if it was with women in the pet industry. No, it was. It was at. It was at Dana. Right. It was at a cocktail <laughs> party at at, at SuperZoo. Okay. And, and what what is SuperZoo? Oh, oh the trade <laughs> show in Las Vegas for the pet industry. Okay. So anybody who's listening, if you're in the pet industry or you're interested in the pet industry. You got to go to Super Zoo in Las Vegas because it's super. It is super. <laughs> or Global Pet Products right. in Orlando, Florida. Global Pet Expo. Okay. Go <laughs> Ann said yesterday it was so cute. They went around the, the room and they, and they said, "And who are you with?" And instead of saying a pet with Porsche, a pet with Bob. <laughs> <laughs> And all of 
have a pet with paws, uh, products have names. We have discovered. So that is excellent. So do you have pets, Barbara, at your house? Oh, come on. How could you be in the pet industry? I know. I have those little monsters. I sleep with both of them. Um, I, I, I tell you something, my, my bedroom doesn't much, much to my dismay. If there are any good-looking guys out there, <laughs> my bedroom is not being used a lot. <laughs> like, I, I sleep in a TV room with my two dogs. Okay. And uh, one sleeps on a couch, and the other one, we sleep head-to-head on another couch. And I'm very comfortable with them, and I love them, and they're fabulous. One is a Rottweiler Shepherd mix, and one is a Pitbull mix. They're both rescues. I have done rescues uh, as far back as 25 years ago, res- rescuing dogs in junkyards and on the streets. And um, these two, I rescued one from the Amanda Foundation in Beverly Hills, which is a great organization. And uh, I think Frank Sinatra's daughter just, uh, I guess, a year ago donated $4 million to them wow. so that they could, it's going towards the $10 million they need to build or rebuild their fabulous building in Beverly Hills. Um, but it's wonderful. And uh, the other dog I got from the West, uh, not West Hanger, the uh, West LA Animal Shelter. And uh, he's super adorable, a little pit bull mix, which is great. I okay. Mean, I never met a dog I didn't like, even the ones that have bit me. Okay. <laughs> um, and how many years have you been coming to women in the pet industry? Uh, this is my first year. Okay. Uh, love Shauna and everything that she's doing. And. Um, really like the women that I have met through this group. They're very supportive of each other. We're all in different parts of the industry, but it's nice to know how it all kind of puts together like a little puzzle. Um, and we all help each other. It's just, it's just it's It really is nice to see the, uh, the synergy and the cohesiveness and all of the ladies being supportive of one another and the friendships that have come out of um, coming to this organization. And uh, Barbara, you're one of the Woman of the Year finalists. You're in the same category that I'm in this year. So um, we're, I guess, quote unquote, competing against each well, other. I'm really successful. I, don't, I feel like my next issue of the magazine is going to be Pitbull Love. Okay. The holidays, and it is actually the cover of the magazine is my mascot. Um, a photographer who's a famous fashion photographer, Michael Lee, gave me a picture of his dog, Oliver. Um, and Oliver is a pitbull, and he was rescued from bullies and buddies in Los Angeles. So he became the cover of my magazine and my website. Um, and I'm, I'm doing the, the pitbull issue because... There's so much insane discrimination, and and I didn't, I didn't. First of all, we're all winners, and that is what my my cover is going to say, and that's what I told Shauna the other day. Uh, We are all winners, and I will have my little finalist logo at the bottom of the right hand part of the front cover of the magazine, and that's how I feel. I will not be winning tomorrow, but it doesn't matter. I am a winner. Everything that we all do. That's all that matters because we're all in this together. Absolutely. I don't care about the trophy. I don't <laughs> You either. can keep it. I want to just have a wonderful life and just put love out there. That's all I really want. And I, and I, I can't stand that hate. I just can't stand it. And, and people are just doing that today. And the animals are just full of love. That's all they're about. That is all so they are about. Like, in, you have to be in there with them. So how do our listeners get a copy of Lick Magazine? Well, um, they can go to my website, my magazine website, which is uh, www.lickmagazine.net. Okay. 
Lickmagazine.net. Yes, you can you can find a digital version there, and if you put get my copy or get me a copy, you can click on it, and it will send you to the uh, printing web uh, printing website. Okay, well, and we really appreciate all that you've done for the women in the pet industry by uh, doing a spread on all of the finalists, and I totally agree with you. Oh it God. doesn't matter uh, who wins because we are all winners, and we are all just so passionately devoted to this world of pets that brings so much to our lives in so many different ways. And oh, and P.S., I will be doing a follow-up in the Pitbull issue on the winners okay excellent uh, excellent bigger pictures well and i love it that uh barbara says that she's sick and tired of the discrimination against pitbulls in this country for no reason i mean every animal you know what it's so ridiculous mm -hmm. it is it's kind of like you have every every day in the new york post like it's the new york post even though i live in la and if you saw it every day an italian guy is beating up an irish guy or a German guy is beating up a chinese guy i mean all of a sudden whoever you can't it's like an ad that's a negative ad. And the way I'm looking at it is that every breed, there's always good and bad of every breed, just like good and bad of people. Sure. Mm -hmm. And I actually had this in my Maria Conchita issue on the, on the editor's page. That what I don't understand is why do we not judge both people and pets as individuals? Is that dog a good dog? Is it compatible with my family? Is this person a good person? Do I want them in my life as a friend, as a lover, as a business associate? That's how we should be judging the world that we live in, not just by this is this set of characteristics. Because I grew up in Archie Bunker land, and I was raised with the idea that certain people are better than other people. And you know what? When life plays out, you realize that we are all the same. Maybe all different with our little uh, unique uh, one, one likes one's blonde, one's a brunette, one is tall, one is short, one likes Chinese food, one loves uh, Italian or whatever. But the thing is, at the end of the day, we all want the same things. Everybody wants love. Everybody wants a paycheck. Everybody wants to have a secure place to put their head at night. You know, um, why do we fight about it when life is so short? And then the animals, if even people have it there, they can't even speak for themselves. Correct. Uh, there's trillions of them that are brought to slaughter every year, and we don't even allow them to have a happy life for the short time that they're on this planet. It's, the practices in farming are getting so much worse. And when I started my magazine, I was only doing it for the fashion, the fun, and the celebrity. Okay. I knew that all that other stuff existed. But as soon as I got involved, like, like on day two, all the other stuff came at me because it's so there if you just open your eyes and see it. And... I have to say, it's very disturbing, and it makes me cry sometimes because I really feel like I woke up in middle age, and I, I don't like the world. I mean, I love the world. I see the trees, the oceans, the so much beauty, but why do we have to do negative things? Right. And so at the end of the day, I just, that's what I advocate. Okay. I advocate my life, happiness, love, peace. Get your lick on, baby. Get your lick on. <laughs> So um, we have two ladies here who are involved in the uh, fashion industry. And um, so let's just talk about for a moment um, fur in fashion because that's been on the table for quite a long time. And Anne had mentioned earlier about all of her products are vegan. And um, we're seeing a lot more quality products that um, don't harm animals. And um, and that's even true in the fur industry, and um, and I'm sure you both see it being in New York. So, Anne, do you want to comment on that at all? 
Um, yes, I think that actually, I think more and more people are realizing that they don't really not to kill animals to wear. Because now when you walk down the streets in New York, you see almost everybody's wearing a down coat. Right. And you don't see that many fur coats anymore. Okay, so I guess we could get into a conversation about down, but um, oh, right. if it was real down, Correct. Um, okay. because there's still so many ways that right. um, okay. that really materialize that we aren't even sure um, where those products came from or who was harmed in the process or, you know, even the restaurant right. industry. Well, I guess, but it also, I mean, like, it also gets very... A little. It depends on how strict you are because right. remember, all the majority of our shoes, right, yeah, are all leather. Right. Yep. right, all leather. So, I guess you just have you have to make a decision what makes is more comfortable for you. Right, right. What you know, what really resonates and and works for you. Um, I'll wear leather shoes, but I will not. And I used to own fur coats. Oh, you did? Oh, yes. I used to own fur coats. And for, I guess it was gradual, but once I became involved in the pet industry or thought about it, yeah, I, I just could never quit. So that was the turning point that for was you? definitely the turning point. Okay, well, I'd like, I'll what about for you, Barbara? I think the problem in life is that we're all in different different points of awareness. Okay. And being in the fashion industry for as many years as I was, and like to think that I may even go back and do projects with different designers if you know, time goes on, um, I thought fur was beautiful. And um, when, I, when I stopped wearing the fur coats that I was given, uh, or hand-me-downs, which I still have, uh, but I don't wear, um, I thought how beautiful they looked on my son. But then I realized they look beautiful, but they're not things. They were actual living creatures. And I think the problem with society in general, when I grew up, I would go to the supermarket and get chopped meat, let's say, or whatever my mother wanted for dinner. And it might be, like, wrapped in a package, right? So I knew it was beef or whatever it was, but it's, I never really associated it with death or a live cow. I associated it with something that came from the supermarket, wrapped. And I have a feeling that most people, even though they say that they eat chicken or fish or cow or whatever, that they don't really, if they had to sit there and pull the gun out or pull the knife out or do whatever they do, they would not be eating cow that night for dinner. Right. Um, so I just think that it's what Anne said. It's like everybody has to do what's right for them. Um, I stopped eating beef for about 15 years when I saw Ron Howard film called Bitter Harvest, which is a true story. And um, it was about dairy farmers and uh, just different things that happened in the industry and how sick people became from eating the meat, which had been poisoned by accident. And, you know, they rounded all the cows up, they killed them. They, they still ended up sending milk out that was contaminated throughout the United States. I mean, it was just craziness, and it was based on a real story. And I... And I saw that, and for some reason, it just became a turning point for me where I stopped. Um, I also got yelled at by a, um, a uh, someone who is involved with a nonprofit that she said to me, what do you mean you eat meat? Because I told her, you know, that I had eaten. And she was like, 
I don't know if I can work with you if you need me. I can't like so again. Different people have different ways of what they think is right tolerance or tolerable for them. Sure. I mean, you have to say like I I eat fish, okay. And I saw a video the other day, and a fish was swimming around with a dog. And then you go, oh my god, well maybe I shouldn't be eating fish. I heard that plants scream when you cut them, that they actually can't hear it, but that there is a reaction when we cut. A, a tree or, a, you know, a plant or when we're, we're doing the crop. So everything on, on the planet is living. Mm-hmm. You just have to decide what you can live with. And for me, um, and most people do not see what goes on in the food industry. Most people think that the cow is living in a beautiful pasture and it's a milking cow. So, you know, A, it's in the pasture and they just, you know, they're not doing any harm. They're just milking them and then we get most of the coffee and I enjoy having my milk. Well, guess what? I had a rude awakening. There is a site on Twitter and I, I wish I could remember the name of it. I have to get find it or I'm going to up there uh, so you can take a look. But it really woke me up and, um, and I'm still drinking milk because I can't, Stop. It's like I'm addicted to having that little bit of milk in the coffee. But what they're doing with cows, the cows are insane. Because think about it. When does a woman have milk for her child? Right. Mm-hmm. When it's a baby. Right. And these cows, they want to keep them pregnant so they can get milk. But it doesn't come. Once they get the, the, the pregnant and they give the milk, it doesn't go to their children. Their children get taken away from them and killed. Or raise, you know, raise three veal calves or whatever. I mean, I found this out. I was like, this is insane. You know, so there's just a lot of things that I think the most important thing, and I put this on my very first website, was that uh, when you meet a crisis, awareness is the answer. It's really not the answer, but it's the beginning of getting to the answer. Most people do things not because they're bad. They just don't know. Right. You so know, it's all about education. I still love fur. There's nothing like a real fur coat. But when you hear what an animal goes through to give you that fur coat, you can no longer wear it. Right. <laughs> and bottom line, the fur really looks best on the animal yeah, that kidding. was born with it, right? Exactly. I know jokingly one time uh, I was at a book show and I had a, a banner that said all my children wear fur coats, which is the name of my book and also the name of this radio show. And a lady walked by, and she kind of harumphed, and she was like, oh, I think that's just horrible, you know, about children in fur coats. And we said, but ma'am, they're their own fur coats. And then she got it, <laughs> that we were actually talking about animals that have fur coats and not uh, allowing little children to wear <laughs> fur coats. Um, so, you know, it, and it was just an education issue, right? She didn't know what we were talking about. And, well, that's and the battle is communication, with, I think, with everything in life. And if you're open and willing to communicate, think about all of the different problems we have in the world, which I won't get into since the show is not about those problems. But I often wonder that people would just open their mind, like all the leaders of the world and all the religious leaders, and realize that, if they're, let's say, in religion and it's supposed to be about love and understanding and compassion and respect, how can you be part of that religion and then condemn another religion or, you know, anything like that? Or our, our lifespans are short and, you know, you never know what's going to happen during your, during your life. And some people live longer, some people have a shorter time on the planet. But why not live in peace with other people? And, and if you have an issue with someone, why not attempt to at least try to work it out so that that issue goes away? Absolutely. 
Well, and, and I think that is what attracts us to animals is that unconditional they love have no that they offer. Right? They have no agendas. There are no issues. The only issue is love me, feed me. Right. Well, yeah, sometimes feed me is the agenda, right? Somebody's having a bowl of ice cream and there's a little uh, pile of uh, furry pets sitting That's around true. looking at you like, can you hurry up with that? Hey, we want some. Where's ours? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. But they bring so much joy, and they certainly don't have um, an opinion right. about um, what's going on in the world. And, and probably if we could all adopt a more animal-like uh, yeah, posture. Live in the moment. Yep. We live in the moment. And we live in worrying about the past or the future. And that's why they say the, the present is a present. Because... We need to enjoy it because it's here. That's right. It's such a gift, right? Exactly. It should be. And our animals really can teach us that because I know when uh, I even tease with my husband that um, my dogs could teach husbands a lot about um, greeting people when they come home from work. (laughs) Because I pull up in my driveway and I have seven dogs and they're just like everywhere. I can't get out of the car because they're so happy to see me. And it doesn't matter whether I'm gone five minutes, five hours, or five days. You know, they, they throw the same party regardless. That's really, yeah. And, uh, and I try to remember that is that, you know, they're just so grateful for the love and the affection. And uh, even if you get mad at them two minutes later, they're, like, happy again. I must have been a dog in, my- <laughs> <laughs> in a previous life. Well, uh, hopefully we all get to have that opportunity, right? And um, and we do hear about uh, so much cruelty, and um, but I think we're becoming more aware, and I think that's that's what this is all about, and it's about Lick Magazine and and bringing people to the forefront there, and it's about your um, eco-friendly products so that we're not harming animals or the environment, and um, and I really just appreciate both of you for the time that you spent with me here today, and sharing about women in the pet industry and we just have so much more to look forward to we've hardly even gotten like started here there's like 10 pages yeah we're going to have an expert panel this afternoon shauna shu who's the founder of our organization is going to be sharing a lot of good information with us we have a keynote speaker this evening dr danny mcbetty who was the Woman of the Year winner last year? And yeah, she's wonderful. Is, I heard her speak at, uh, I think it was Global or was it Super J. I don't know. I, one of those. <laughs> she's a founder of Lap of Love Veterinary Hospice, which yes. is a, which kind of a also, new concept. Just like Lap of Love, Lick and Lap of Love have the same. Go think about it. Whipping? Yep. Lick? Yep. Lap of Love? Yep. Do they all have some kind of common denominator <laughs> that you are starting to see? Absolutely. <laughs> But it's not. <laughs> it could be farther from that. Well, and we're going to hear from uh, Amber Burkhalter, who's the founder and CEO at Canine Coach. I'm looking forward to that. We're also going to hear from Nicole Smith, who is the director of Working with Dogs, and Candace Diagnolo, who is the founder of Pet Box Nation and the CEO of Dogaholic. I think I must be a uh, dogaholic for sure. Um, and maybe we have a group for that. I don't know. We'll have to get together and do the 12 steps. Uh, we have Teresa Piazza, who's the founder and CEO. Um, she's also an Iraq war veteran, and she has a company called Puppy Mama. And um, we're going to hear from Amanda Hessel, who's the VP of Marketing and Sales at Smart Animal Training. Looks like we have a lot of good uh, training 
um, programs coming up. We're going to hear from Beth Miller, who is the founder and president and CEO of Wagtown. And um, uh, you heard from Kathleen Gage a little earlier. She is our noted keynote speaker and author of Power Up for Profit, The Smart Woman's Guide to Online Marketing. And we're also going to hear from Jane Harrell, who's the president of Cause Digital Marketing, and Lorian Clemens, the director of marketing of Pet Hub. And, um, and then we're going to have our big award banquet where we're going to have an opportunity to recognize each other, all the winners, because as Barbara and I have agreed, everyone here is a winner, whether they're in Woman of the Year or not. Um, just to be a woman and to be part of women in the pet industry, um, we couldn't be luckier. Thank you, Barbara. Thank, Thank you, Anne. Thank you, so Thank Thank you to you. our listeners. Thank you for joining us on Pet Will Radio. You can find out more about My Pet Will at MyPetWill.com. And have a great week. We'll see you next time. And until then, happy tales. Thank you for joining us on Pet Will Radio. Visit PetWillRadio.com for updates on shows, links to previous shows, inspirational stories, videos, and more. Until next time, take care.